It's 11 minutes before the hour. You're listening to Raven Radio, KCAW Sitka. Today is Friday, January 29th, 2021. I'm Erin Fulton with Raven News. Sitka's COVID alert level dropped to low on Thursday. Only one case of the virus was reported by public health officials on Wednesday, the first in four days. Two more cases were reported on Thursday evening. Sitka has been on high alert since January 8th after a two-day dip down into moderate. Officials believe travel may have been responsible for the post-holiday surge. There are now only three active cases in the community. Both the Sitka School District and Mount Edgecombe High School are operating under low-risk protocols. In order to remain at low alert, the Sitka Unified Command is urging residents to continue their mitigation efforts, including wearing masks or face coverings when six feet of distance can't be maintained from others, limit gathering size so a minimum of six feet can be maintained, and ordering delivery or carryout from local establishments. Sitka's total case count for the pandemic now stands at 310. Even as more Sitkins sign up and receive vaccinations for the coronavirus, the city is stepping up efforts to maintain safety standards for businesses. The COVID Conscious Business Program has been created under the city's planning department in consultation with the Sitka Chamber of Commerce. Health officials warn that, even with the arrival of vaccines, the kind of mass immunity needed to end the pandemic is still months away. Sitka Planning Director Amy Ainsley explained that businesses were adapting to this reality and the COVID-conscious business program was there to help. The one thing I've really taken away so far from being a part of this program is just how genuinely impressed I am with the business community of Sitka and how people have really stepped up to make the necessary changes that we need to keep the community safe. So what we want to do is support and recognize the businesses that are really following best practices and, you know, making a lot of putting in a lot of extra work and at times making sacrifices to keep businesses operating in this environment. Ainsley made her comments as part of the Sitka Chamber's Winter Speaker Series on January 27th. Eight businesses in Sitka have signed up so far to participate in the program, which involves an initial walkthrough by Ainsley, followed by a short application. Ainsley said it was important for businesses to signal to their customers that they cared about their safety. Shauna Thornton, branch manager at First National Bank, said the resources provided by the program had helped align the bank's own corporate safety protocols with the city's, and employees and customers had more clarity about safety rules. At the first one, we were requiring masks. We had a lot of people that maybe may or may not have wanted to do it. And now we're finding that it's helping to educate everybody as to why we're doing it. So we're having a whole, a whole lot less angst over wearing or not wearing. Fortress of the Bear co-founder Evie Kinnear said that her frontline team developed a set of safety protocols on their own for last year's reduced visitor season. Although there was some tension over masking policies, Kinnear says that most visitors were cooperative. She's glad that Sitka's COVID-conscious business program has put everyone on the same page. People were really um, supportive of what our beliefs were and uh, made sure our staff had, you know, we bought all the equipment that we needed. We had lots of extra masks and cleaning supplies and went beyond what we, you know, we thought we needed to do. And then this year, um, luckily you guys started this program. And as we reassessed where we were and what we needed to do, we could tie in with uh, the city. 
Participating businesses receive numerous benefits, from information to pass along to COVID-conscious customers, to custom signs about mask wearing, to publication on a list of COVID-conscious businesses. There is no cost to join the program. You can find more information and a link to the application on our website, kcaw.org. Juno's Wildflower Court Nursing Home has an outbreak of COVID-19 among staff and residents. Some of those infected have been fully vaccinated against the virus. Administrator Ruth Johnson says two staff members tested positive last week. They put that part of the home in isolation and tested staff and residents. Five residents tested positive. They're all asymptomatic. Nobody is sick. We had two more staff members show up positive as well. And neither of them are sick either. That's nine total people infected with COVID-19. But Johnson says 70 percent of the patients and staff have been fully vaccinated against COVID-19 already, and 80 percent have had at least their first shot of the vaccine. Several of these positives of people were exposed after their second vaccine. Johnson says they may be seeing in real time what some state and federal medical officials have been saying since the vaccines became available. If you are vaccinated against COVID-19, it will most likely keep you from getting sick, but it may not keep you from carrying the virus to someone else. This is the first outbreak among patients at Wildflower Court, and Johnson says she is grateful that so many residents have been vaccinated. A huge relief because the data we've seen so far on the Pfizer vaccine is that It's 95% effective in preventing disease. 5% who did experience COVID after being fully vaccinated did not get seriously ill. So they're saying it's 100% effective at preventing serious illness. Wildflower Court is divided into four separate areas. They call them neighborhoods. And right now, the outbreak is confined to one neighborhood. She says no one is going between neighborhoods right now. And they stopped putting multiple people in rooms at the beginning of the pandemic. That means people can isolate themselves in their own rooms if they get sick. Many high school music students in southeast Alaska cannot practice or perform together this year due to COVID protocols. Some music classes, which are normally large in size, have been canceled altogether. But that hasn't stopped the annual Southeast Honor Music Festival from taking some shape. Instead of meeting in person, virtual band and choir performances were created for the first time. KFSK's Angela Denning reports. That's the sound of 56 high school band students playing the same song from their own homes. The piece was recorded separately in videos and then mixed all together. They're playing the song Rushmore in honor of the election year. In normal years, top music students from around the region come together for the Southeast Honor Music Festival in the fall. 60 students in band and 60 in choir. They rotate the town, so the festival visits a new community every year. And it's competitive. Students audition through recordings, which are judged by a group of regional music directors. This year was a bit different. It was virtual, with all students performing solo at their own homes, and then the videos were combined. The finished product was released January 21st. It was Matt Lenhard's idea, and he coordinated the event. He's been the music director at Petersburg School District for the past 23 years. I had the idea because (laughs) back in August, I took a band conference 
attendees at this conference got to participate in something like this. We've had music, we played our part, we put it into a Dropbox and a company called virtualchoir.net put something together pretty impressive in 24 hours. Lenhard thought something like this might work for students this year too. Through Zoom conferences with other music directors in the region, he knew this year has been totally different. Every school in this region had something different going on. In Petersburg's case, students are in small class pods, so most music classes are not being offered. The only class at the high school is the smaller jazz band, which meets in the morning before school. And there are no music classes at all at the elementary school. The focus has been on the middle school students who meet in smaller groups. The virtual project included 56 high school band students and 28 choir students. Lenhard says it was more challenging for some schools to participate depending on their situation. You know, music programs across Southeast, we're in some tough times with this COVID. It, you know, you, if you have a band of 50, you're not meeting together. For the virtual honors festival, the teachers decided to pick their own students. Lenhard went with veteran musicians, mostly in his jazz band, because he has contact with them. Coming to the the virtual choir performed a song called Let the River Run. Wearing earbuds, the students sang or played instruments along with a professional recording of the song with a click track or what are audio cues to stay in sync. Lenhard ended up filling in on a few percussion spots, playing drums and the upright bass. He says the teachers chose music that would be fitting for the unusual school year. You know, here we are in this pandemic, and what music is about is getting together and working on music and performing it for an audience, and we can't do that. So, you know, some inspiring music to practice, inspiring music when you saw the final product, you'd go, wow. This, this was worth it. This is worth it. The Virtual Honors Festival went so well, the music directors are considering something similar for the annual Southeast Alaska High School Music Festival in April, also known as Music Fest. On a normal year, that event can draw around 500 to 600 students from around the region. In Petersburg, I'm Angela Denning. Taking a look at the community calendar. Sitka Public Library's Teen Advisory Board meets online at 7 p.m. today. All teenagers are invited to join and will share ideas about library programs, books, and more. For more information or to register, email maite.lorente at cityofsitka.org. I'm Erin Fulton, and this has been Raven News. This is Morning